This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, I'm Lahari Neil Peretti, founder of LN Accounting Advisor, and this is Then What? With another story of a big then what business moment which transformed into real success made possible by real leadership. The catalyst for that was survival. All businesses truly at this time are feeling it, but we realized at that point that what we were doing, you know, performance in different ways, if if I wasn't looking at cash flow truly during this time, then we would have gone to zero or negative balances and been like, okay, we, we're done. From the local farmer's market into the international market, Jessica Armand has taken My Magic Mud to incredible heights. Her products have disrupted the natural beauty and oral care market, but the journey there hasn't come without its challenges. It's her drive to inspire other business owners, especially female entrepreneurs, to brighter futures, and teeth of course, that propelled her through her moments of then what? Well, Jessica, I'm super excited to have you on this podcast. Um, It's been, I guess, two years since we've known each other, right? Um, Yeah. Since we started working together. And I know your journey previously from before, uh, before you started My Magic Mud, because we talked a lot, but it's very inspirational. And I want all the listeners to hear that journey because it's crazy and unexpected. Completely unexpected. (laughs) Exactly. And so you went from an actress to opening up your own brand and company. Yeah. Please tell us about that. I considered myself an actress like in a previous life because that was um, when I was a child, actually. I toured um, with a Broadway musical around the country for about three years. And then I basically stopped singing (laughs) at that point and uh, just kind of wanted to uh, live a normal childhood, if you will. Um, And then uh, after high school, I met... Uh, my first husband, and we had kids. And that was, was honestly the, the change in my life when I became a mom. Um, that was like, you know, I, I never really knew that I wanted to have children, but truly they, they were the inspiration for everything that came afterwards. And that's why the journey that I'm on right now is so unexpected because it was because of one of my children that I got on this journey. I was a stay-at-home mom. My my husband and I were struggling at the time. Um, the economy had taken a downturn, and uh, we had to move. And so, in in that that period of time, I was also dealing with um, my daughter was having severe dental issues. After trying everything that was actually on shelf on the market, dentist recommended, um, and nothing was helping her. So I became a a crazy internet mom and (laughs) decided to take matters into my own hands, if you will. (laughs) So um, that's where uh, our original product for My Magic Mud came to be. Um, But at the time, truly, I did not even consider that it would be something that other people would want. 
Uh, so we used it as a as a home remedy for years. And then um, people started asking us how we got our teeth so white. So I started giving <laughs> it away, even at that point, even <sighs> it's so funny to, to, to think about when you go back, because even at the point where so many people were asking me, I would just go to the store and get a Tupperware container and like, give it to people. Even at that point, I wasn't like, Oh, I should sell this, <laughs> you know, or no, I should, yeah. I can make a business. It was, it was crazy. It, it probably, we, you know, I gave away uh, 50 to a hundred samples to family, friends, neighbors. How did you even get the idea to use charcoal? So, you know, it's funny, the the main catalyst for me grabbing uh, charcoal as one of the ingredients was when I was doing this kind of mad scientist in my kitchen trying to figure out how to help my daughter with her sensitivity and her cavity issues, taste because children are very finicky. Taste was the number one thing that I'm like, it cannot be <laughs> gross. And so when I, you know, ordered samples of all these different minerals and um, natural ingredients, uh, I narrowed it down by taste uh, first and foremost. Uh, they had to be effective, obviously. They had to have a, a really good profile for uh, helping dental issues. But really, it was like immediately I take out, you know, baking soda. She, I had tried that already. She hated it. She wasn't going to do it. She was only like four at the time. So honestly, that is, again, the, you know, children being the inspiration for everything. It's like, how do you how do you get a four-year-old to brush with something that is absolutely disgusting, <laughs> you know? And it was funny because she loved the black. She thought it was like, we're kind of a, a counterculture family. Most, yeah. I mean, I'm wearing green today. This is not my normal <laughs> at all. I normally black. wear black. black. <laughs> yeah. um, and so she thought it was really cool. And so that was kind of the key, uh, I had I had researched and knew that it was used for you know thousands of years for for dental hygiene. Um, it still is used in parts of the world like India and Africa, um, which is so cool to bring back that that um, amazing like connection to earth. You know, we, we go into the pharmaceuticals and we go into like all of our new age stuff and we're like, oh yeah, we know everything, you know, we, we know we, we don't need these old ways. And so it's really cool to be a part of this like new Renaissance where we take, um, new ideas and we bridge them with, with, uh, the, the, you know, the original connection to, to natural, to nature, to the earth. Um, and it's, it's been a really cool thing to be a part of, honestly. Yeah, no, it was very interesting. I think when I told my parents who are originated from India that, you know, about this charcoal toothpaste, they were like, oh, actually <laughs> their grandparents used it back in the day. Yeah. So like, that's what they used to use in the village that, you know, they grew up in. Um, and so it was very interesting. They're like, this is so cool that like, it's yeah. kind of coming back now. It's a renaissance. Yeah. I, I know. It's so cool. Cause like, I don't I think know. I would, yeah, brush my teeth with <laughs> just charcoal toothpaste, but like, or just charcoal, yeah. but you know, having this bridge is amazing. Like it yeah. is very effective for sure. Yeah. 
it's so, uh, it's been really cool. So when you were going from, you know, giving it to your Tupperware, how did you get the idea to start selling it in the farmer's market, right? That's where you guys first started selling it? That is where we first started. I really think that had we been in a different place, I, I was, like I said, I was a stay-at-home mom. My husband was a web developer at the time, and he was really good at what he did. However, um, what he had found was staring at code all day was actually giving him migraines. So not only were we in a kind of an economic, you know, uncertainty at the time, um, just in general in where we lived. Um, but it was very difficult for him to, to carry the mantle of, of, uh, taking care of our family financially. Um, and I think that that was really what happened. I was, uh, I was on Facebook, my daughter. So this is the catalyst, my baby girl, when she was super little, she hacked into my uh, Facebook, which, you know, I just leave up on my computer. She created this this really cute collage because I had been uh, nagging her to brush her teeth. You could tell, like with, with Magic Mud, you can tell if you don't use it. Like you start to, like if your teeth are even slightly yellow, you need to go use it because it'll take it away, especially in children who don't have those, those deep seated, uh, deep set stains. Um, so I was nagging her. I'm like, you haven't used it. Go use, go use the magic mug, go use the magic mug. And so as proof that she minded me, she, <laughs> she created this, this collage of like before, during with her mouth all black and then after, and it was like night and day difference. And so she goes, see, mom, I did it. I, I, I did what you told me to do. And wow. everybody on Facebook was like, what is this? How do I get it? That is amazing. I, yeah. And uh, just to show you how, how absolutely not in an entrepreneurial mindset I was at the time, uh, I started writing a couple of my Facebook friends and giving them the recipe on how oh, to wow. make it. <laughs> And it was after like, I was in the middle of writing the third one, I remember, and I kind of had this aha moment of like, wait a minute, wait, could this be a thing that could help, like not only help our families, you know, dental issues, but also help, you know, bridge the gap between uh, what we needed to make to survive. And so I remember stopping that message and running into my husband and going, I, I, I think we could sell this. I think we could do this. And it was kind of like, he was totally on board. My, my, he, he's, I mean, you know him, but for the listeners, he's just an incredible inspirational force in my life. And I can honestly say, you know, I would have never been able to do this journey without his support and without his encouragement. Um, I've kind of throughout my life have always been a problem solver. Somebody that's like, oh, how, how can we do this? How can we, you know, I love gadgets. I love new inventions. Um, but really, to be honest with you, having somebody in your life that believes in you is, is really the thing that, um, I was missing before. So when I brought this idea into him, he was like, if you put a product in my hand, I will do everything within my power to, uh, to make you successful. Um, I know it was so sweet. And so I was like, okay, 
So we started, uh, I, I bought 10 black jars, 10, and I made them. And it was, you know, one ingredient at a time. I didn't even pre-mix it. It was like very precise and, and how my mind was working at the time. And, uh, and then I gave it to him and it was funny cause it didn't even have a label. <laughs> like, I, didn't even, I didn't even think that far. I just had a piece of paper that had the, the ingredients and then how to use it. And that was, wow. that was how we started selling it. Oh my and God. it was, yeah. And, and he, it was funny because we had this idea of like, if you use it, you will love it. Like that was my idea at the time. Like there's no way that you wouldn't look in the mirror and see the results and be like, oh, I'm never going to use this again. Like that's, that wasn't even, it's not even a possibility still to this day in my mind. Um, and so we really did a great job at like, just here you go, here you go. Like really, really giving, you know, a hundred percent money back guarantee because we knew the product was amazing. And I, uh, my husband, it's funny cause he, uh, he's like, Oh, you're such a stickler. Like, can't you just, can't you just do, you know, it's easy do this. And I'm like, uh, uh-uh, that's, it's my name. It's my face. Um, it, it's my reputation. So it's, you know, and, and he loves that too, but it's, it's really difficult when he's trying to like go, Oh, maybe we could do this. And I'm like, uh, uh-uh, cause that ingredient's not good. And he's like, Oh, you know, <laughs> Well, yeah, because you're the mind behind the product. So you want to you want to give it some quality. Absolutely. I I it has to be something. I mean, honestly, I joke around, but I'm like, I the only products I create are the ones that I want to use myself. Yeah, no, they're amazing. So I've used them, I think before I even met you, my fiance used to use it. And so, so cool. it's crazy. So it, it's it's really amazing. Yeah. Okay. From this farmer's market, you know, you guys sold your first 10 cases, I guess, or 10 uh, products. 10 jars. 10 Ten jars. jars. Okay. So they were in jars at that point. They were in jars. Yeah. Okay. 10 jars. We were not thinking like that far ahead. (laughs) Was it quickly sold? Like were you shocked at how quickly it sold out? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it, you know, it's funny at the farmer's market, it, you know, the morning time, I'm not a morning person either. So I totally get it. But the morning time you're like, Oh, I don't know. You know, there, you know, it takes a while for people to trickle in. But once the once the market started going, I mean, they sold, it flew off the shelf, we took all of that uh, money that we had made that day. And we we really like it, it had been something that we knew could work. So we, we took all of the funds that we had and we reinvested into it. And the next week, you know, the next week I made 25 jars. And then the next week after that, it was 50 jars. And, um, and so for the first couple of years, uh, we worked seven days a week. Um, my husband and I did a farmer's market on Saturday and a farmer's market on Sunday. And, that was what we used to sustain our family while we worked Monday through Friday to build the wholesale side of it and to really position ourselves as like, uh, the authority in, in activated charcoal. Wow. So then, then what, then what happened after the farmer's market and working on your wholesale business? So the, the, the next step was actually, uh, an incredible gift that was given to me by my mother-in-law. Um, she had, 
come out to Texas from California and um, tried the product and she loved it. And she had been in sales her whole life. So she decided that she was going to get on board um, almost whether we liked it or not, which was <laughs> so cool. It was so cool. And so she uh, took the jars and would travel around to the mom and pop health food stores that she could get to. And not only would she go in and try and sell the case, but if she got a no, then she would go, okay, uh, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to sell this case of 12. And if I do sell this case of 12, you're going to buy it and you're also going to buy another one. And that was her technique. And she believed so deeply in in what we were trying to do that she was she really was the catalyst for our wholesale side um and she would ask questions how do you get into bigger stores how do you and people would just give her information and she would come home and go okay we're doing this trade show okay That's we're amazing. gonna go and do and so um you know honestly i have to say that it wouldn't have been nearly as big without her and that uh that excuse me, <laughs> that means something to me because as you know, we recently lost her. So um, I just have to say that I'm extremely grateful for her believing in me and for all the work that she did to get us uh, to this point. Sorry. <laughs> That's amazing that, you know, you had kind of the entire family supporting you, including your mother-in-law. So yeah. that just shows like what an amazing product you've built. And even now, like, this is this company is kind of like, you know, part of hers too, part of her memory. So absolutely. It really is. Yeah, it really so is. Then after kind of, you know, um, having her help and, you know, being actually the amazing salesperson that she is and getting the product out there to all these um, mini stores, how did you guys decide that, you know, you wanted to turn this into a company, then what happened after, you know, she went in and sold all these stores, because it was just yeah. you three, right? You, Justin, and Donna. Yeah. Um, and so after, you know, how did you guys get a team? How did you guys get to that next it was, step? It was such a cool process, because uh, this was something I had never done before. And so I truly have to say that every step of the way was a learning process and it was okay that I didn't know. It was totally okay. The one thing that we tried to keep in mind was that we needed to learn as much as we could from the experiences that we were having um, and do always try to do better the next day, you know, like, um, Justin, my husband is from the San Fernando Valley in, in Southern California. I don't know if you guys know where that is, but, um, it, it is not white suburbia. Let's just say. <laughs> so he's, he's got this great mindset. And, and so he would, he would be like, Hey, we're, we're just starting ghetto. Like we don't have labels on our jars. We're just doing what we know at the time. And as you know, better, you do better. And that was, that was something that I honestly lived by for quite some time. Like, this is what I know. This is what I'm going to do. And when I learn better, I'm going to, I'm going to take it to the next level. And I have to say that as an entrepreneur, I had had other ideas in the past that I was like, huh, maybe that could be a business, but I truly was my own roadblock because I would think of it on such a, a meta level 
that uh, it it was difficult for me to see the steps, you know, and so I would get discouraged very easily. But with with Magic Mud, I think the thing that um, that really helped me to to take those steps was that I just focused on what I had, what I knew, and what I was good at. And then the rest kind of came as I grew. I'm a completely different person, truly, than I was seven years ago. It, it's it's pretty magical, the journey. But I will say that, it, you know, when I speak to people that want to become entrepreneurs or, or are in those infancy stages, don't let it scare you. Like, I, the journey is beautiful. And my life is crazy, but it's exciting you know, and, and I get to learn new things every day, meet different people and, and truly just grow every single day. So you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have every little cog placed perfectly in this, uh, you know, business plan or this idea in order for you to go, okay, now I'm ready. Because truly that's, to me, that's, you're, you're just being your own roadblock. And I can say yeah. that from experience because I've done it time and time again. Yeah. I think that's very accurate. Like, I don't think you'll ever be ready to be honest. Like an entrepreneur is someone that just jumps in, right? That's like right. nobody has it all figured out. People are figuring it out as they go. That's right. Um, I think even with the big corporations, that's still the case. Like, I mean, look at what happened with COVID situation. This just threw everyone into another Hey, what do we do? So yeah, this is a big what then I will yeah. tell you. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, uh, then what would, do we do after this? Uh. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on social media at Ellen accounting and visit us or contact me directly at ellenaccountingcpa.com and subscribe to then what podcast on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find the best podcast. Are you looking for financial advice or an outsourced CFO, or maybe just help with your books or financials? Well, let's talk. As a listener of the podcast, I want to offer you a free consultation call with me. Go on our website at ellenaccountingcpa.com and book a call with me today. Again, that's ellenaccountingcpa.com. When you reach out, please make sure to mention this podcast. I look forward to hearing from you. I know that you guys, you know, got into CVS, Walmart, Target, the big, you know, dogs, I would say. Yeah. So how has your experience been with that? And like, what have you learned? And then what happened after? I learned that, uh... It was an amazing journey. That that part of it uh, just made me feel uh, really on top of the world. And I also realized that everything has, I don't want to say everything has a price, but you definitely have to figure out what your goal is and work towards that goal because uh, otherwise you kind of lose sight of it. Um, my husband and I, when we were first starting in, in, you know, distribution and Walmart and, um, we, we wanted, I had this idea that I, I needed my product to be everywhere so that everybody could have an opportunity to get it. 
that was really, really important to me. Um, because if they couldn't get it, then it, it wouldn't help them. Right. Uh, so, so being kind of omnipresent was something that was extremely important to me. And, um, the one thing that I will say is that it really stretched me thin. So, uh, not only were we being, you know, what was I trying to be everything for everyone, and saying yes to all opportunities and going, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to do this. Um, but I also got pregnant with my fourth child in the <laughs> middle of all of that. And it's, it's very interesting looking back on it because I don't remember being pregnant, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but you know, we were traveling truly all over the world at the time. Uh, and, and, uh, something that I was just talking to Justin, my husband, about this a few months ago, something that normally like women, you know, you, you connect with the fact that you're pregnant, you, you nest, you do stuff in the, in the home to prepare for uh, the baby. Uh, that was not the case because I was, uh, Magic Mud was my baby mm-hmm. as well. And yeah. so, and, and I was, I was invigorated enough by our journey that I was like, I'm going to do all of this. And so I think that's one thing that I learned is really understand what your goals are and then, and then what you are capable of doing um, and then move forward that way. I think that that's, that's really the biggest takeaway from this was that, um, you know, you get to a place where you're burning the candle at both ends a lot and you have to do what you have to do to be successful. And I appreciate the fact that not only was I willing to do that, but my husband was beside me doing that. And also my mother-in-law and, and some of our family and friends who had signed on to be on this journey with us. Um, but there has to be balance as well so that you have that longevity. And so to be honest with you, I know it's totally weird to say, um, but COVID was was kind of the thing that made me slow down, if you yeah. will. Yeah. And uh, it's been interesting, but it's also I'm I'm extremely grateful. I'm extremely grateful for the 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 ability to to kind of take a breath for a minute, spend more time with my children, but also, you know, have a moment to really see what's important business-wise as well. And, and so that's been um, a beautiful part of this journey as well. I know that's weird to say because, you know, it has not It sounds taboo kind of in a way to say like COVID helped me. Yeah. But I completely understand. I think a lot of people that I've spoken to resonate with that about slowing down. Like I think the world is moving at such a fast pace. Um, and I know people are working more being at home and stuff, but it's at least a time to kind of spend with your family, um, and kind of take a look at everything that for your business, yourself personally. Yeah. Um, and that all of that things, my, and I I know most people don't know this, but I mean the listeners don't know this. But you have five children, correct? Four total. Four well, four if children. You include my husband, I husband. have five. Yeah, I'm like, and if you include my magic mud, actually, it's fine. That's, that's uh, true. That's true. Very uh, true. But four children, and yes. it amazes me every day how like you're an amazing mom, amazing wife, oh. and an amazing 
like CEO and entrepreneur, how do you do it? Like, I can't even imagine having one kid and doing what you do. So <laughs> please tell me, how do you do it? It's, um, for me, the, the way that we were, that I was able to do kind of do it all is, um, with a lot of grace for myself, uh, not only your, the, the level of craziness is just going to go to 11 right now, but, uh, not only do I have four children, but we homeschool all of our four children on top of that. Um, and so that was something that allowed us to, to be a family always. So when, when we were traveling for magic mud, my four kids were with us. And they, they were involved. They had a pride in our family business. Um, my daughter was working social media at one time um, when she was, you know, a younger teenager. She was used as a, a model for a lot of our advertising. Um, my son worked with me in production from the time he was like 13, um, you know, learning directly from me, being by my side, doing fulfillment with me. Um, that's my older son. He's now 20. Oh, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and then our 11 year old and our five year old would go to trade shows with us and they would talk to people about the product and how it helped them. And, and so it's not, I think if I would have had to have compartmentalized or separated those parts of my life, um, I would have failed <laughs> miserably, but it was, it was, uh, this beautiful opportunity to give my kids a firsthand education, um, of what it looks like to be in the driver's seat of your own life and to be a doer, you know? And they're incredible children. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity that we've had, not only to show them what it takes, the hard work and the toiling that it takes to be uh, successful, but also in, you know, in traveling, they got our, our, our whole family, our history buffs. History has always been my favorite subject. I love it. And so in, in going to Europe and going to Australia and, and uh, Canada and, and, and multiple places across the US. Um, it was cool to have them with us because we got to experience history firsthand. So we we work hard, but we also play hard. So it was like, yeah. go, go, go. You know, we, we're gonna go to this museum. We're gonna learn about this. We're gonna, you yeah. know, and it was it was a really cool uh experience. So I have to say to answer your question completely, just having a whole life experience um, really helped me to, and, and then also to go, Hey, today, today we're, we're just going to do our best because some days that's, that's what you have to do and just give yourself a little bit of grace. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, I'm going to shift this conversation back to kind of a little bit of the COVID, you know, where we were kind of left off. So I know COVID made it more important for businesses for cash flow, right? Like yeah. some businesses didn't even know if they were going to survive this. Um, when did you feel like, and it doesn't have to be that situation, but when did you feel like cash flow management was something that instead of just something that you looked in your bank, oh, hey, this is the cash I have. When did it yeah. become more actually something that you felt like you need to set up processes for um, and actually- It, it was COVID. COVID. It was, 
so the the idea of our business model um, is not a cash based business. So we, because we sell products, we have to come up with uh, funds to create the products, and then we sell it, and then our our customers are on net terms. Um, so. It before this, before trying to to navigate this new economic landscape, um, cash flow was something that I glanced at, but it wasn't something really that I took into account because we it wasn't so easy to like go, oh, this is our cash. You know, it's it's very much trying to fit this type of thinking with this type of thinking for me. Um, was, was actually really difficult. And so, um, and again, it goes back to like, I didn't go to business school. I, my husband didn't go to business school. So again, we still to this day, almost eight years later are learning as we go and, and, uh, have this adaptability. I think that's really the key to a uh, success is adaptability and perseverance is truly, uh, what we have going for us. Like, I, I will tell you, like, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm <laughs> shocked that through all of this, we're not, um, one of those businesses that had to close their doors. Like I'm, I have deep gratitude every day, uh, that we're still in this and, um, moving forward and making different changes and just going, okay, well, what, what now, what are we going to do now? What we were doing wasn't working. Let's adapt. And that's a, that's a beautiful place to be because it's also very exciting. We can be in the driver's seat and we can move forward. So truly COVID was the thing that made us go, okay, well, our bank accounts are like the thing that are going to allow us to move forward. So that was really when we honed in and uh, made that the priority. And I was able to like really get, get in the weeds with that. And it really, really helped us. My husband was, was integral in like explaining and trying to be like, no, this is important. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I get it. And so we, we got on the same page. Um, but I don't think that before COVID that was really something that I, I, I put at a high priority. So I know there was a time where the business had a pivot, right? Um, and I know we worked on that together. Why was it that the business needed to pivot? And what did you guys do in order to do that? Um, the the catalyst for that was survival. It really was in in and I know that that uh, all businesses truly, at this time are feeling it. But we realized at that point that what we were doing and and the way that we were uh, looking at things, at looking at the triggers and and the indicators and you know performance in different ways, if if I wasn't looking at cash flow truly during this time, then we would have gone to zero or negative balances and been like, okay, we, we're done. When when you're in this space of like, okay, this is what our revenue is that we can basically count on, right? And so then you have all your, your operating expenses based on, you know, that type of a dynamic. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> COVID hits and the floor drops out from under you. Um, you have to make changes really quick for survival purposes. And so I think that that was really what 
what happened, uh, it was, I, I'm not a person that gives up easily, uh, probably to my detriment, but uh, that was something that we had thought about, like, are we going to, are we going to throw in the towel here? And if not, what do we need to do differently? And so uh, when I came to you and Justin and I, you know, we talked to you about having the, the indicators and having the things that we focus on really be true to life um, in real time. That was when we really focused on cash flow. Um, and so it honestly, it was just survival. It was, it was trying to, to muster up our adaptability one more time so that we could uh, move forward. Yeah. Now, then I know for the cash flow and, you know, pivoting this business or changing the model, like it wasn't easy, right? It wasn't easy for no. you. It wasn't easy for anyone involved in the process. Then what happened? So like after, you know, we made the decision that things needed to change, then, then what happened? The biggest change I would say was when we first started, it was a different market back then. And I felt like, uh, in order for, for our products to be everywhere, we had to be in the biggest retailers in the, in, you know, all over the world. And we took a different type of path than some of the people that came behind us when they were like, oh, charcoal is a thing now. And so they got on that and they were, they were going direct to consumer. And to me, back then, it was just it, people were shopping in stores. And so I didn't want to really spread myself thin by trying to do direct to consumer and uh, wholesale. So, so we kind of just were like, oh, we'll let them have, have that area. Well, we all know what happened. Like it became a direct to consumer world with, with Facebook ads and Instagram ads. And so, you know, we had dabbled in it, but truly were, um, support it, like using all of our energy to support our accounts, to support our wholesale partners and our distributors. Um, and so when COVID hit and people weren't going into stores anymore because they couldn't and, you know, orders just kind of slammed on the brakes, that was another thing that made us go, oh, okay, the world is changing. Whether we like it or not, the world is changing. And I don't believe you know, in my honest opinion, I don't believe that it will really go back to the way that it was. People are used to the convenience of having their products, you know, on auto ship. They're used to the convenience of having everything come to their door. I'm hooked. I am like, I love it with four children and running a business and not having to go to the store to get, you know, toilet paper or whatever. It's really, really great. So, um, that was really the biggest change that we made. And thankfully, you know, my husband having a background in web development was able to, to really like go, okay, this is what we're doing. And so he, um, worked with a really great web developer and then the two of them updated the website. We got a subscription model finally, um, which I am so excited about because toothpaste is one of those things that like you don't really want to think about, you just want it to be on the counter to use twice a day, 
like clockwork, you know? And so having, having it finally be a priority because of that survival that we had to go, okay, well, what is going to allow us to move into this new phase of, of uh, the world and how, how it's being operated now. So kind of getting a little more into the driver's seat um, and doing the direct to consumer. We, we have uh, a, a fabulous seamless subscription model. And I can say that because my husband did it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's amazing. I'm like, I, I always, it really I always felt like my mom always bought a lot of toothpaste when we were kids and just kept it stocked. Cause that's the one thing she never wanted to buy to toothpaste, toilet paper, yeah. like the necessities. Right. And so the model that you guys, you know, came up with, this is amazing. Like, I do think that, that like people need that. Yeah. Justin did a lot of research in, in a lot of different websites to take the key components of the user experience that he loved, that were seamless, that were easy, that were like, oh, this is so, this is a joy to use. And those were the elements and the components that he put into our subscription model. It's extremely easy, user-friendly. It's not a pain. Um, and, and then you can just get your the products that you love directly from us, which is beautiful because like, you know, my son is, is helping with fulfillment. And when we see that it's somebody that we know, he can, you know, jot down a little note and send it in there. And uh, I get messages all the time. Like I thought I was special, but I just have this heart that was put on this, you know, note. And I, I love you guys. And, and it's a, it's a way to have a more intimate relationship with the people that have supported us all this time. And I think that it's, it's, it's long overdue, but I'm so grateful that we're here at this, at this point to be able to do that. Thank you for, you know, joining me on this podcast. I'm so glad everyone got to hear your inspirational story to kind of wrap it up. What, what's next and how can people find the business and connect with you? Um, I would love to connect on Instagram or my magic mud on Facebook. It's my magic mud. Um, we have the website. If please go check it out. We have actually way more than toothpaste. Now some really fabulous, all natural products. Um, and again, we've, we have that subscription model, which is really cool. So it's mymagicmud.com. And I would love to have, uh, people connect. Also my personal Instagram is Jessica Armand. M-M-M. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, Jessica, for getting Thank on with you us so today. much, Lahari. It was awesome. Thank you for joining in on this conversation with Jessica and I and her beautiful journey. Until next time, I'd like to challenge you to think about your next then what and how that's going to bring you to your next chapter of your business. I'm Lahari Neil Peretti. See you next time. Then What is produced by Ellen Accounting Advisor in partnership with Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2020. The views and opinions expressed are those of the individuals on this podcast and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Ellen Accounting Advisor or Mouth Media Network. No portion of this program should be considered financial advice or consultation. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.